3: Vinny and Haiti 105.7 The fan Featured Artist Friday it's Pearl Jam. Chosen by you, the people. Anything you want to hear from the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, send your recor- uh, request. Pause for 4-Tax sign at 410-583-1057. Bob Haiti, Vinny's Grotto, Orioles. Take it on the Guardians, as you heard during Nolan's Update. BBT brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Tonight at 6, me and Jim Hunter getting you ready for that one. Ravens 8-point favorites against the Colts m Bank in the rain, it looks like. Here to talk about that matchup in the banged-up Other Birds from the WGK Law guest hotline from the Baltimore Banner, he's Jonas Schaefer. Jonas, what's happening, man? Morning, guys.
4: Heard you guys had a uh, quite the pontificator in the last segment, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, anyway, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I would ask you if you knew who Pearl Jam was, but obviously you don't since you were born <laughs> after uh, the Alive came out. But Jadavion Clowney back at practice yesterday with Oway's ankle, with uh, uh, Bowser still on the I.L. to be determined. They brought him in, fancy name, and sometimes at this advanced age, you don't really look at them to be what they were expected to be. But how huge does Clowney have to be, air quotes Jonas, over the next couple of weeks?
4: Yeah, I mean, just watching Adafi, limp around the locker room in the walking boot I don't expect him to play this weekend probably don't expect him to play next weekend and that puts a big big onus on Debbie and Clowney whose goal repeated over and over is to play 17 games and the best way to stay healthy over a 17 game schedule is to not overwork a dude whose whose list of injuries is as long as my hand I mean I I you know, worry that the Ravens will maybe go to the, a little bit too many times with a guy like that because they don't have a whole lot of other options. I mean, gosh, <clears throat> it sure would be great to have Ty Bowser, you know, available sooner than week five, but that's just how it's broken. So uh, I think Clowney's been great. You know, I was looking at, like, the ESPN pass rush win rate, which, you know, uses all their models just to determine how quickly a guy's went in within, like, two and a half seconds of the snap. Clowney's top 10 in the NFL. He's like one slot behind Miles Garrett. Uh, I think a lot of that is just like him bull rushing and kind of making it seem like he's closer to the quarterback than it appears, but he's fine off the the line of scrimmage like in a way that I frankly didn't expect. I thought he would be used primarily as an interior rusher on those obvious passing downs, but they've let him run wild on third and longs, and he's done a good job of it, and he's brought his usual Mentality to the run game as well. So I don't know, you know what kind of snap share he's in line for on Sunday, but if the Ravens lose, and they are really in some hot water.
5: Well,
2: I think both he and of would they afforded like 44 plays last week. I expect I expect similar because Jonas. I, I think that win rate or you know what you were just talking about. It's going to be good this week because watching the film of um, Indy's O line, not good, not good at all. You know, I, I just think they're not very good athletes. So if you can get them to move their feet, you know, that'll be really good for the Raven. I see a lot of stunting and twisting and blitzing coming.
4: Yeah. I, I'm curious to see just how that line holds up without Ryan Kelly, who's been, uh, you know. And Zach Martin hadn't practiced. Uh, you mean you mean Quentin Nelson? or Quentin Nelson, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Both Notre yeah, Dame guys. Real- Two Notre Dame guys. <laughs> the other really good guard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, so, someone mentioned in the press room that it's probably a load management thing for Nelson. I think he, he was had a similar no show record last week and they ended up playing. I mean, he's just a, a tough dude who's you know, probably going to put on the you know, strap on the pad and try to make it go. But but it was a, it's definitely a little bit concerning for Indianapolis fans that, that he's not practicing. Those are probably their, their top two linemen. And um To Gardner Minshew's credit, on Sunday, he did a really good job uh, getting the ball out when he was pressured. I think he was 7 for 10, uh, like, you know, 70 yards thereabouts. Uh, But what I think the Ravens have to do is just like, hey, say, hey, we're going to get up in your wide receivers' faces. Mm -hmm. We're going to get creative with our blitzes. It, It was really confusing to go back and watch that that Colts tape and see just how many times Gardner Minshew has thrown into off coverage and all he's doing is nickel and diamond is Houston defense. I don't think Mike McDonald's going to let that happen. Um, And Gardner Minshew threw four passes beyond 10 yards on, on Sunday. And I think the Ravens would be very, very comfortable if they were tested downfield because as much as, you know, I like Michael Pittman coming out of the draft and his, much as Alec Pierce has some natural talent, like the drop off from what Cincinnati has, what Indianapolis has, it's pretty staggering.
2: And on the other side of the ball, you know, because you watch the same film I watch, their corners suck. I mean, they can't tackle. I mean, I can't wait. I think Bateman's going to have a big game, you know, because if those, if the Ravens, if Lamar gets the ball out quick to these guys, I think Bateman and Flowers are going to make a lot of people miss because they couldn't tackle anybody from Houston.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if this Ravens run game and I guess this Ravens just game plan is more closely aligned with what we saw in week two or week one because, you know, what, what Houston was able to do was get those early down wins and, and force the Ravens into third and long. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar's not not the best against those creative blitz packages. And when, you know, they were able to get him on the run, he, he's obviously not at his best. Fast forward to week two, he's living in the green pocket. The, the 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 offense is staying ahead of the chains pretty much every single snap, and looky there? They're scoring on pretty much every single possession. So uh, this is a really, really, really good Indianapolis run defense. Yes, it is. But I don't know. I don't know how much of the fact is uh, is countenanced by them playing what PFF has is like two of the four worst offensive lines in the NFL. I think Houston was like 31st and Jacksonville was 28th. So. Uh, they are kicking butt, but it's a bunch of no-name scrubs. And uh, the Ravens, even though they probably will be without Stanley and Linderbaum, I think should feel better about where they are. And if they can give Lamar the time he needs to get the ball in space, or you know, keep hitting these bombs that he's I think done a better job than I expected to, and they're gonna put up 20, 25, 30 points easily.
3: It's funny because uh, no name scrubs on line two here, waiting to get in. He's Jonas Schaefer. What's happening on Baltimore Banner there? Uh, Baltimore Banner, the awesome new uh, spot for you, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Yeah, I mean, we've got a uh, for, for when your listeners are sick of listening to you guys. We've got a, 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 a about Ravens five minutes. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a, a new Ravens podcast that comes out uh, twice a week, and then just our usual content. There's a, a fun little story that went up today on how. Uh, Sarah Zeitler, the uh, the wife of Kevin Zeitler, her cupcakes have become a, a much coveted item in that Ravens locker room because they apparently have a magical, mystical quality.
3: Jonas, appreciate the time as always. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Be good, guys. You Take got care. it. Jonas Schaefer, everybody. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 the of the will come back, whip around what happened in the world of sports historically in Baltimore history and beyond. We'll get into that and more. Stay tuned for that. And then we have Kevin Bowen from 107.5 in Indianapolis to uh, talk about the Colts, get a perspective on that team, new coach, what's the quarterback situation. They are one and one Oh, and by the way, will Jonathan Taylor ever play for them again?
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. to you by Box Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan.
3: Alright, whip around Vinny and Eddie. 1057 The Fan brought to you by Box Hill. be a quick one because we got to talk about those Colts with uh, Kevin Bowen from 107.5 in Indianapolis. Ravens 8 point favorites there, but start with boxing. One of the most historic, controversial fights in the history of pugilism took place on this day, 1927. Ed Norris, if you're listening. Gene Tunney beat Jack Dempsey by unanimous decision. Soldier Field. 104,943 people were there. This was the famous long count fight. Retains the heavyweight championship. Jack Dempsey would go years without fighting, but he was... Babe Ruth was kind of the iconic sports figure. Actually, Jack Dempsey was probably on the same level as Babe Ruth back in those days, but Tunney beat him. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I wasn't alive, and I'm old, but I wasn't alive at 27. Scoreboard, Gene Tunney, two, Jack Dempsey, zero. Hmm, scoreboard, long count, Got knocked down, one go in the neutral corner. He dropped honey. You look it up, but uh, one of the more controversial fights still over, almost a hundred years later, still talking about Orioles history. Nineteen sixty-six, Kansas City A's at old Municipal Stadium in Kansas City. Jim Palmer throws a complete game. Twenty-year-old Jim Palmer. Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson drove in two runs each. Orioles beat the A's six-one. Why is this significant? because the Orioles won the American League pennant. With that win for the first time, they were going to sweep the Dodgers in the World Series. Frank Robinson was the MVP, but Jim Palmer, only pitcher to win a World Series game in three different decades. Wow. But he pinched, uh, clinched the pennant on this day, 1973, County Stadium, Milwaukee. It was a quiet day for Bernie Brewer, Because Al out On his way to Rookie of the Year. Three triples in a game. Three triples in a game. Two runs scored a ribby. Tommy Davis, four for five with a ribby. Brooksy had two. Doyle Alexander, complete game. Orioles beat Milwaukee 7-1. With the win, 50 years ago today, Orioles clinched their fourth American League title in five years. They would lose to the A's, unfortunately, in five in the ALCS because it was best of five back then. 1974, Fenway Park. Have I ever said that no self-respecting Baltimorean would ever root for the Red Sox? Well, no, I'm going to say it again. 1974 at Fenway. Boog pal, three for four of the homer. Three ribbies. Paul Blair, Brooks Robinson, Don Baylor. All two hits and a ribby apiece. Mike Cuellar, complete game for his 21st win. Orioles 7-2. We'll be talking about them clinching next week. 1996, Oriole Park and Camden Yards. Todd Zeal, Rafael Palmeiro, two ribbies each. Robbie Alomar, two for three with an RBI. Scott Erickson, 13th win. Orioles 5-4 on their way to the ALCS. And that 2012, Nolan, you might remember this. 12 innings. Orioles scored three runs. Jim Tomey, Andy Chavez, and a rookie named Manny Machado all drove in runs as the Orioles take out the Red Sox 9-6 as the Orioles go to the wild-card round, beat Texas, and then we lose to the Yankees. And kind of controversial. I still think Nate McCloud's fly by with the uh, foul pole there, but it is what it is. What do these teams have in common? They're all going to the playoffs. A couple of them. Well, one of them won the World Series. This year's Oriole team to be determined, but they're going to the playoffs too. We'll talk about them, Rockabaco, later in the show. But when we come back, talking Colts and Ravens from an indie perspective. Kevin Bowen, 107.5 in Indianapolis. What's going on with the quarterback, Jonathan Taylor? I guess, uh, is that a marriage that has come to an end with Jimmy Ursay?
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. It's
1: one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference. Because that's... We are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
2: MLB, NFL, NCAA. Get it all right here. 1057 the Fan.
3: Featured Artist Friday, Pearl Jam. Pick a song, we'll play it. Send your request, plaza, for text sign at 410 583. 1057, Bob Haiti, Vinny Serato, Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass. Ravens, eight-point favorites over the Colts coming up Sunday. Looks like in the rain down at m Joining us now to preview the game from an indie perspective from 107.5. Let's bring in Kevin Bowen. Kevin, what's happening? Kevin, by the way, on the WGK Law Hotline. Kevin, I was uh, trying to make sure I didn't say 105.7, the fan, Kevin Bowen, because I'm sure I would have screwed it up multiple times. <laughs> but thanks for coming back. It's good to have you here. All right, status report. Quarterback situation as we sit here eleven thirty three Eastern Time for Indy is
6: what? Yeah, I'm en route to the final practice of the week, um, so I guess shameless plug for my Twitter, K and ten seventy here in about twenty minutes. I, I can give you the, the the final final update, but as of now, I would think it's unlikely Anthony Richardson plays. He's missed the first two practices of the week. You know, I know it's possible he technically could pass through concussion protocol, but usually it's pretty darn unlikely. And uh, obviously he's also missed, what, 75 80% of the practice reps. And Friday practice for the Colts is always the lightest and always the shortest of the week. So, you know, he, again, he's missed a good, good chunk of time. So I would assume it's Gardner Minshew. And then I'll throw in the center as well, Ryan Kelly, who's the longest-tenured Colt. Um, he also suffered a concussion on Sunday – he has also missed the first two practices of the week, and that will be a third stringer in Wesley French making his first career NFL start in all likelihood on Sunday.
3: Now, we're familiar with the Ursays here in Baltimore, and I'm old enough to remember them. Uh, you know, I'm 58. Colts left when I was 19, so more like Bob uh, from what I understand. Jimmy used to just play his guitar hanging out there in Owings Mills doing his thing, but – him and Jonathan Taylor, they seem to be at an impasse, and that might be a polite way to uh, phrase it. When did things start to go haywire in this relationship, Colts and Jonathan Taylor?
6: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, impasse is certainly the polite way to put it. I call it more of a seventh-grade relationship being played out pretty publicly. Um, I guess you'd have to go back to the spring. I think that's when the Colts started to inform Jonathan Taylor that the past precedent that they've had as a franchise under Chris Ballard, their general manager, has been extend guys that exceed their rookie contracts uh, before the end of their final year. That's the year Taylor currently is in. They actually extended a running back in Naheem Hines a couple of years ago, so he obviously plays the same position that Taylor, and and certainly, you know, from a yards per carry standpoint, no one's been better in NFL history through the first three years than Taylor, so... He's got a resume that is definitely in uh that past precedent continuing. So I think that's a frustration, you know, back in the spring is when, you know, Taylor, I think was informed of this or started to feel that this is where it was trending. And then it continued to build, continue to build. And, you know, the start of training camp, Jim Mersey and, you know, make this huge big, I'm going to take my RV to training camp and park it just behind the end zone and bring Jonathan Taylor on this bus and NFL networks here and all the national media is here. And that's what I'm really going to tell Taylor You know where we stand as a franchise, and you know obviously that that, that's going to rub the player the wrong way. Certainly the NFL. I mean, we don't need to remind anybody of where you know how it values running backs nowadays. And I think the Colts are kind of following suit in that. After some years of maybe where they hadn't, and they were willing to pay, you know, premium players, or I should say, premium players at non-premium positions, uh, those those second contracts. So. Two weeks on the pup list, and um, yeah, it's very much up in the air on what will happen when Taylor's eligible to come off that.
2: Kevin, your opinion of the offensive line, because I'm guessing the ball's coming out so quick because the offensive line is not that good.
6: Yeah, the the ball has certainly, you know, come out very quick. I'm surprised with how quickly it, it's been out with Richardson, you know, because he is a guy that can take some shots down the field. Um, but, you know, Shane Steichen clearly has been, you know, very focused on getting it out quick. Minshew, that's kind of his M.O. I mean, I know you guys saw him in a game a couple of years ago. He's going to get that ball out quick. Left tackle is really good. Bernard Ryman, he's had a nice um, second year. You know, Quentin Nelson at left guard, I think that is their strength. I think the right side's actually played a little bit better. The run game was horrific in week one. It was much better last week. Granted, you're playing arguably the worst team in the NFL in Houston. Um, I'll go back to what I said to lead off the interview, though. I mean, center is a big, big deal. I think you could make the argument, considering the drop-off. You know, Richardson to Minshew, don't think there's that steep of a drop-off. Ryan Kelly, with I don't know how many starts he has in his career, probably close to 100, and Wesley French making his first ever NFL start considering a road environment, considering what Baltimore, you know, has from a sophistication, sophistication standpoint, defensively, that to me might be the bigger deal. And obviously you have the domino effect there of, you know, health for a center can impact health for a quarterback and not to get too, too deep into it. But you know, Zach Moss is, is the running back right now. He played every snap but one last week. Zach Moss is a between the tackle interior runner. He is a not going to bounce things to the outside. So, if you're losing edge running and Richardson, which is something he has shown, and you're going to be much more of an in in-between-the-tackles guy, you know, again having a third-string center in there, I think is a big storyline to watch.
2: Yeah, especially as strong as the Ravens are down the middle, you know that'll that'll be really tough there. Now, Kevin, what about the the watching the film of the Houston game? You know, the corners tackling, you know, basically the secondary's tackling was horrendous, my opinion.
6: Yeah, could not agree more. Honestly, the biggest key that I had today as elementary as it sounds is tackling for Sunday. I know you guys mentioned the weather a little bit there. I mean, you factor the weather in, and, and, you know, there's a lot of kind of one-on-one moments, I feel like, when you face Baltimore of, you know, okay, you got the pitch man, you know, you've got Jackson, et cetera, et cetera, and if you don't make that tackle, you're kind of out on an island, and some big plays can happen. I know in particular, I think Dave Flowers has had – a lot of yards after catch this season, and mm-hmm. that's a great observation. Tackling was really poor against Houston, and, you know, how that looks on Sunday, throwing Mother Nature, I think will be a big storyline.
2: The, the thing that really impressed me, Kevin, watching the film was the defensive line, they get up the field, and those linebackers, you know, I mean, the linebackers make a ton of tackles, but the defensive line to me was impressive about how they get up the field, you know, especially in a run game.
6: Yeah, 17 tackles for loss through the first two weeks. That tops the NFL. Um, They've invested a lot in that D-line group. I think the defensive tackle pairing Mm -hmm. of Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner ranks right up there with any in the NFL. Obviously, you know, some injuries on the Ravens' offensive line right now. And to be fair, I mean, the Colts feasted on a Houston O-line that had four backups in there in week one. No Cam Robinson, a left tackle for the Jags. But still, it looks like Baltimore is going to be a little bit banged up. So that's a group that just has certainly won their matchup each of the first two weeks. A big reason why they were as competitive as they were had a fourth quarter lead against Jacksonville, and then obviously, you know how part of the reason why they dominated Houston so much. So on paper, it looks to be a potential for I think one of the few on paper advantages the Colts could have. But yeah, it's a very um, disruptive group that has shown a little bit more pass rush. Uh, than they've been able to create, I think, in years past, consistent pass rush.
2: Kevin, the the only thing that, you know, because I I put it down, I think, you know, because one of my keys was Lamar have over 300 total yards throwing and running. And if those guys are coming up the field and they get past him, you know, I think he'll have
6: a lot of running lanes. No, it's, it's a great point. I mean, obviously, anytime you play Lamar, I mean, rush is massive. I, I don't know if facing Anthony Richardson for any substantial period in training camp, you know, would, would aid some of that just from an integrity discipline standpoint. Uh, but I mean, I don't need to remind Colts fans. They remember the Monday night game all too well a few years ago of what Lamar did and coming back from 22 to three and the plays that Mark Andrews made in the fourth quarter. And I mean, it was in my opinion, and obviously you guys have a much more accurate Gage on this than I, but it was one of the best games I've ever seen Lamar play, and I would think would rank up there as one of the better games of his career when you look at how he threw it and just the amount of yards he created and and the comeback in that moment uh, and all of that. So there are a lot of guys on this Colts defense that played in that game on Monday Night Football. It is a different defensive coordinator with Gus Bradley here, but uh, certainly that's got to be somewhat rememberable for that defense.
2: Now, Kevin, when I look at their receiving group, I mean, the guys basically that have caught balls Pittman, Downs, and Granson. You know, I don't know that anybody scared – after facing Chase and Higgins and Boyd, you know, uh, last week, I don't think those guys put fear, you know, into anybody. You know, bigger guys, you know, don't run as well. That's why I think the Ravens are going to really be able to attack defensively.
6: Yeah, I would not lose sleep about the Colts' pass catchers. Um, And, again, with Benchu, what you saw in the final three quarters in Houston was – that ball's coming out quick. Um, it is accurate. It is on time. He gives some guys opportunities to make plays post catch, but you know, if you're able to press, if you're able to, you know, jam and kind of try to disrupt that timing early uh, that obviously is going to impact, you would think a quarterback that wants to get rid of it quickly. And then, you know, you keep on going back to that third string center. So um, yeah, it, it's a group that again, I, I don't think um, is very potent and certainly nothing where, It would scare you after what Cincinnati was unable to do against Baltimore. Pittman's a guy that, you know, his dad was an NFL, you know, 10-year vet, 11-year vet. So, I mean, he runs angry. So, if you get him the ball in the open field, he can make some plays more with his physicality. Pierce, uh, former second-round pick out of Cincy, he's been really quiet this year. He's got deep ball potential. But, again, that's something that's been hard to dial up for the Colts. Josh Downs is a rookie that, you know, ACC country would, would remember what he did in North Carolina. He put up some big numbers out of the slot. Um, but still, it, it's just not a group that's go, going to overwhelm you too much, if you're willing to, I think, try and create and disrupt the snap.
3: Kevin Bowen, 107.5. Talking Colts, they're in Baltimore this weekend. Sunday, to be exact, 1 o'clock. Ravens 8-point favorites, M&T Bank Stadium. Kevin, appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Kevin.
6: Yep, you bet, guys. Have a great Weekend.
3: There's Kevin Bowen, everybody, on the WGK Law. Guest Hotline will come back. Funhouse, Donald McGraw. News from the NAS coming up at noon. Going to hear from Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald. We'll count that weekend money, hopefully at 12-15 with by herself. Keith Cavanaugh, TerrapintTimes.com. Preview Maryland at Michigan State. Terps seven and a half point favorites. Maryland looking to go 4-0 and for the first time in a couple of years. Last time they were 4-0. They hosted Iowa on a Friday night. <laughs> We our, we're down there, remember? Uh, we, we weren't there for the game. Thank <laughs> God. Uh Dante Demas, his career trajectory changed dramatically yeah. that night. But we'll talk to Keith about that and basketball recruiting. And about lunch, 1245, Rockabaca, Massed Talk about the Orioles. They lose the opener against Cleveland. They've dropped two in a row. Tampa's breathing down their necks. It's Dean Kramer against Shane Bieber. We'll talk about that and more here on the fan. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From
0: the left, dear, one serves from the left? What ever's gotten into you,
3: Calpurnia? Haney, post up in the bleachers. You're all perfect! I love you!
2: The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together it's is on 1057, 1057
3: The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan, featured artist Friday as Pearl Jam chosen by you, the people. Anything you want to hear from them over the last two hours of the show? Send requests and a request to the Tax Line. And, uh, Nolan McGraw, will make it happen for you. Got news from the Nets coming up top of the hour. Going to hear from the coordinators. Buy or sell. Hopefully count some cash heading into the weekend. Keith Cavanaugh, TerribleTimes.com, preview Maryland-Michigan State and talk basketball recruiting. And we got some NFL lunch. There was a game last night, team that was expected to win, won, and maybe they're better even than we anticipated they would be because they played without one of their best players, San Francisco, and still dominated the game. But let's bring in Nolan McGraw, who's a dominator himself. What's going on
5: there, Quick Draw? Well, San Francisco maybe. Even better than we thought. Giants, even worse
3: than we could have even possibly imagined. And if you recall, and I'm usually wrong, or I jinx you. Sorry, up Perez. I wasn't buying them before the injuries.
0: Yeah.
3: I even said I think Washington will surpass them in the standings, and the Giants are, they're all crappy. They so caught everybody kind of off go Everything went their way last year. And they pay Daniel Jones how much money? Uh, What, 40 mil a year? <laughs> What's Brock and, Purdy make, like 50 cents? <laughs> wow. Hey, <laughs> for Bob, now. <laughs> Bob, you,
2: you guys are like, Becky called me this morning. She says, uh, how did my, because uh, she has Daniel Jones in fantasy. I said, "I said, Rebecca, he sucked.
3: It's yeah. going to be a long season. She goes, <laughs> I said, you need to find a new one. Yeah, you got to find a new, uh, look for Brad Pitt in your fantasy. <laughs> yeah. you know, this guy's a nightmare. Did you end up
5: taking any of Harmon, Mike Harmon's advice yesterday? I took um,
3: Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Okay, but the other four guys kinda sucked. Yeah. So it was a it was a bad day. And I had one of them Zany Parlays and Fandle, Waller anytime touchdown score, Samuel, McCaffrey and Jones. So two of the four scored touchdowns.
2: Walter killed them on the tip ball.
3: Yeah. Waller, yeah. I don't want to question his effort, but... Uh,
1: <laughs>
5: when go. he's healthy, he's on, but that's a big if it's if he's healthy. Co-
3: it's been a couple of years since mm-hmm. we've seen him a prime time in it. So what, else, what else you got going on there,
5: No. I don't know. I mean, a little disappointed in the Orioles. Not going to sugarcoat it.
3: Score three runs to two games, not a good thing.
5: Said yesterday with the state of the bullpen, this is who they are. The offense has to carry them if they're going to have a deep run. Even if it's a one-game or two-game span where the offense goes quiet, it's detrimental.
3: Yeah, Santander had me running hot last night. Nothing against him personally, but they need to get him cooking a little bit, especially with Castle out. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to step up. O'Hearn can only do so much. By the way, Baltimore Baseball tonight at 6. Me and Jim Hunter brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts getting you ready for game two. Let's go to the funhouse. Quick Draws, Fun hours.
2: The rudeness, tunist text reader. Who's oh,
0: the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812.
1: I like that quick draw.
5: 1057 The Fan. Speaking of the Orioles offense, Texter here says it's time to face reality. The Orioles offense borderline impotent right now. Their situational hitting is horrid at times. Seems like everyone is up there trying to hit a 700-foot home.
3: All right, how many runs did they score last Saturday against Tampa? Was that eight? Then was they a sco- lot. they scored five on Sunday. Then there was a niner and an eight in there. They lead Major League Baseball in batting average with runners in scoring position. They're in the top three in OPS in those situations. Impotent right now, meaning the last two games, sure. But season wide, they're in the top 10 in batting average as a team now. Come on, baby.
5: Come on, man. This one here from Steve says, uh, do you guys ever see Gunner adding stolen bases to his repertoire, becoming a regular
3: 30-30 guy in the future? I don't know if 30-30 is reality, but 2020 could certainly be. guy got nine triples. See how he hauls ass out of the box. Now Bobby Witt's a 30-30 guy. Though. Yeah, I saw that.
5: Uh, this one here from Chris says, if the Rays have shown us anything, it's that September is going to be a dogfight to the finish line. Hopefully, the
3: Blue Jays can do the Orioles a solid. And Toronto's playing for their own fun, too, as they just take two out of three from the uh, Yankees here. I mean, Toronto's trying to secure a wild card spot. Bassett against Glass now, by the way, coming up at 640 at the drop. In the payoff, Santander, real quick, or Santander, excuse me, Tony Taters, whatever you want to call him. September, 213. on base percentage, 276. His OPS, 613, one homer go tony taters pick up the pace baby he 931 ops in august it's almost the exact opposite in september well when the home runs come they come in bunches for him so they just
5: need that like like the old boxer punches and bunches or whatever bunch of whatever got to do
3: whatever it is he does best
5: last one here from matt says i think everyone makes a little too much of rookie quarterbacks playing against the ravens historically seem to remember pickett beating the Ravens last year. I'm more interested in the Ravens against rookie coaches. Remember the Bengals with Taylor years ago, uh, domination. My prediction for this Sunday, Ravens 24, Colts 10.
2: 24-10. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I could definitely see that. I, I think Indy's going to have a hard time scoring. And um, I'll be disappointed if they give up 25.5 points per game, Indy. And I would hope that the Ravens get there.
3: It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan News from the nest Coming up next, going to hear from Todd Monk and Mike McDonald. You got buy or sell at 12-15. Keith Cavanaugh, terribletimes.com. Preview Maryland, Michigan State Terps. Seven and a half point favorites in Lansing. National TV too, NBC. All about oh your boy. fun there on National Tube. And you got it uh, here on 105.7 The Fan. I got our coverage starting Tomorrow afternoon. So we got a lot to get to. Basketball recruiting with Keith as well. What's today? The 22nd? Oh, my God. Basketball practice starts in like three weeks.
0: Make the time stop, please. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.